This week, we discovered a new Canadian Christmas classic where four children are tasked with covering up the accidental murder of their step-parents. That's right, it's 2004's Siblings. So climb your neighbor's tree and rub one out in secret because you're listening to a Kind of Garbage podcast movie edition. Hello and welcome to A Kind of Garbage. I'm one of your hosts, Adam Bishop, and I'm joined as always by... Cody Andrews. And we have a guest host today. I'm Nicole Bruce. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> so we watched 2004 Siblings. Nicole, this was your pick. You, you have to take us through the reasons why you picked this movie and what it means to you. <laughs> okay, so it's, it's a bit of a funny story, but I think this came out in 2004... I was 12 when this came out, so I don't know if I watched it when I was 12 or, like, 13, but um, it's near the dying ends of Blockbuster, and my mom and I were trying to find something to watch, and there was literally nothing. Like, there was nothing left on the shelves, and we found this dumb movie, and we're like, siblings, kids accidentally murder their evil parents. And we're like, sick, yeah, let's, sure, I guess we're going to watch it. So we watched it, and for whatever reason, it just, like, it got us, like, so hard. So I think since then, I've watched it almost every year for Christmas with my mom. And it's only recently that I was like, um, I'm not sure why I was allowed to watch this, because there's some pretty weird shit in here, but, like, it's grown to be one of my favorite movies, even though I'm well aware that it's, like, kind of bad, but <laughs> it were, it, I still It's a dark it. comedy, which the the only other, like, real dark comedy I can think of is Death Becomes Her, which I've never seen, but my parents rented it once. Oh, I've never seen that. Um... There was a couple there was a couple things at the start of this. Like I, I picked up pretty early on. It was a dark comedy, but there was a couple of things I missed. So I didn't realize that they're all step siblings between the um, older brother and, and older daughter. Like I was watching the movie and my girlfriend just goes, Oh, they're like, I bet you they hook up at the end. And I'm like, they're brother and sister. And then they kind of kept having these like moments. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, yeah. did I miss something? They're brother and sister. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I think in the trailer, I, I haven't watched the trailer in a long time, but in the trailer, they really cut it to make you think that the two oldest siblings, um, Joe and Margaret, are going to have a relationship of some kind. But nothing a whole lot really happens. Joe very briefly describes the relationship between the siblings to that, uh, like that lawyer guy whose name I always forget. And he says it so quickly. So I, I actually rewatched that part like over and over again and made a little family tree so I could try to figure out how everyone's related. <laughs> and it's absolutely batshit crazy. <laughs> My favorite is that the lawyer after is like, oh, I see. Like as if he totally understands, but I swear I spent 35 minutes trying to figure this out. <laughs> Are any of the four kids related? Yes. So my family tree, which I can go through yeah. if you would like, because uh, I spent way too long trying to figure this dumb shit out. So out of the four kids, there is Joe, Margaret, Danielle, and Pete. Danielle and Pete are actually brother and sister, and they are actually like Mrs. Barnes's real Who's kids. Who's Mrs. Barnes? Mrs. Barnes is like okay. So that's mom. the like the actual like the mom that dies in the movie. Yeah, the okay. mom in the movie. The grandpa that's in it is the actual grandfather of Danielle and Pete, but on their father's side. So, like, for whatever reason, Mrs. Barnes kept her father-in-law around. And <laughs> I don't really know why, other than maybe... Yeah, I think he was the one that had the money. Yeah. 
And then trying to figure out Margaret and Joe is just all absolutely crazy because neither of their real parents are there. I think what happened was Mr. Barnes had married both of their mothers at some point, and he just ended up with all of them. My God. <laughs> I think my favorite of the siblings in this movie has to be Danielle because <laughs> all of her lines <laughs> are the same. And her quote is, I'm not retarded. I just wear glasses. Close your mouth, Danielle. I want people to know you're an imbecile. Lay off, Danielle. Lay off when she stops being a retard. I'm not retarded. I just wear glasses. I said close your mouth. Yep. And uh, Danielle is 100% my favorite. And I like my guilty confession for this movie is that it was more accepted to say that when I was a kid. And my mom and I would say it to each other all the time because I got glasses when I was like 14. <laughs> We'd be in the house and be like, I'm not retarded. I just wear glasses. Um, but she has like, she has trailer park boys, like bubbles glasses yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like super thick, like bottle cap. Glasses. When it introduced her, like in the opening scene, not, I guess not the opening scene, but the scene before the funeral where the, all the kids are downstairs waiting for the, the parents to finish arguing. Uh, the camera's yeah. panning over each of the kids and the actress, like the kid actress who plays Danielle goes to like push um her glasses back up the bridge of her nose and just completely swings and misses and just like poke pokes herself right in between the eyes and then just pretend <laughs> pretends yeah. like yep that's good enough <laughs> and i i was like yeah. perfect there's, there's a there's another part where she does that but instead she like accidentally pulls them halfway down her nose and then pushes them all the way back up and i was like She's golden. She's the best. <laughs> I, I kind of did a quick IMDb of the movie as I was watching it, not to spoil it. Another thing I really liked, because I know he's a Canadian actor and I know that all the Resident Evil movies were Canadian productions, was seeing the actor who played Wesker in Resident Evil play the boyfriend in this movie. That's where he's from. Okay, I was trying to, I, I was looking at his face and I was like, where the hell is this, this weird jock dude from? I swear I know him, but how would I possibly well, he looked, know him? He, yeah, he's got like a really like jockish look to him, like 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 really chiseled jaw and, and everything. But um, like he's yeah, in a boy band. but he also looks, he's obviously been in like movies and television and stuff, probably on like more so Canadian things. But he looks identical to another actor. He was in some of the newer X-Men movies. And he was in the Mad Max Fury Road. Like, they look like they could be twins. Oh, okay. He he does remind me of the guy who... Um, play, I don't know what his name is. I know Adam's going to kill me. But the guy who can freeze things. Oh, Sean um, Ashmore? He kind of looks like the teenage yeah, he, version of him. At least as I remember. Yeah, he kind of looks that, like is him. Is that his name? Did I get it right? Yeah. you, Adam. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> to get to get Adam to understand oh. an actor, you have to like six degrees of separation, trace it back to an, an X-Men movie right. for him to be like, oh, right. Uh, this guy, <laughs> Nate Gray. I get it. <laughs> well, the, the first name that I like recognized on the screen as it was flashing was Sarah Pauly. And I'm like, oh, she's from Dawn of the Dead. And I'm, I'm hoping I'm going to say the name right. It's um, David Cronenberg's existence. That's Is that how right, you say yeah. it? Existence? I don't I know. So. Yeah, that I one. Can, yeah. The well, writer of this movie is Jackie May. I looked over her writing credits. Absolutely nothing yeah. um, stuck out to me, except for she wrote five episodes of Freaky Stories that was on YTV that featured <laughs> yeah. the cockroach and the maggot. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote that down too. And I think recently she's been helping to write like Van Helsing or something that's on Netflix, which oh, I've never cool. seen. 
but I guess she's helping to write that as well. <laughs> That's good. And if you want to get super nerdy, which I, this is something I looked up that I figured either both of you already looked up yourself, but if not, it's really cool. Um, the grandpa, who is literally in the movie for like two minutes, maybe, uh, is played by Paul Soule. And there's two things that he did that were really cool, which was he voiced Hermie the Elf and Rudolph the Red Reindeer in nineteen sixty four. Oh my god. Yeah. That's awesome. And he also voiced Spider-Man in the sixties series. <laughs> and he did a whole bunch of other stuff, but like those were the two, like a lot of voice acting, but those are the two that stuck out. And I was like, I can't believe that like really cool dude is like this shitty grandpa for two minutes in this low budget Canada film. Like, now, this bye. movie was made 16 years ago. Can we assume that he is dead by now? Oh, he's okay. long, yeah, I'm sure he's long gone. <laughs> I like to think that when he passed away, I'm Stanley sure. was standing over his grave going Excelsior. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that someone also noticed uh, quicker than Joe noticed him being dead on their job. Because yeah. I swear he like falls behind and then Joe like stops and goes, Grandpa, Grandpa, and like looks in a tree for some reason and goes, Grandpa. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> So that, that kicks us right to the beginning of the movie where Joseph, they keep on calling him Joseph, but then is it, like, I looked in the credit is Joe, so I'm going to call him Joe. I think all the siblings call him Joe, and then all the, like, parents and uh, adults yeah. call him Joseph. So they're, they're going, like, for their daily walk, and Grandpa dies. The dog, <laughs> Grandpa I swear, dies. <laughs> he, he, he dies. And I thought the dog was going to start humping his dead body. I'm like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> No, it was a cute Potter is a cute dog. He just oh my god. At first I thought that was just like them <laughs> blaming the dog on farting, but no, like that's is it even a plot point that it farts? It farts no, once I, more in the movie. Uh, oh, it farts like three times. Yeah. yeah it's oh, is that okay? I, I I picked up it farting <laughs> one extra time. And I was like, is this gonna be a thing? Like <laughs> <laughs> uh, luckily it didn't become so much of a thing that we had to keep seeing it fart but yes it, it was apparently a thing so after grandpa dies like, i think they're all getting ready for the funeral and the parents are upstairs like fighting and i swear to god they're like beating the shit out of each other yeah i think they were definitely throwing things but it seemed pretty normal that they did that <laughs> also i love that like at some point it's either when they're fighting or very soon after like <laughs> either at grandpa's funeral or after Danielle's just like, we could always kill them because like, <laughs> they're so terrible. And I was like, oh my God. Oh my God, foreshadowing. That's hilarious. Yeah, the one son keeps on, like he's obsessed with like grandpa coming back from the dead as a zombie. Yeah, he, <laughs> he like fully doesn't understand death and they talk about it so much where they're like, dead's dead, right? Like, like dead is really dead. And then for some reason over the whole movie, dead's not really dead. So it's like, he's extra confused. <laughs> Well, it's weird, too, because, like, Sarah Polly's in Dawn of the Dead, and it's all, like, the same stuff. Like, are they coming back? Like, did the, did, did the dead come back, Joe? And this came out the same year as Dawn of the Dead. I don't know if it was before or after. I, I don't recall. I don't remember. I didn't look to see when uh, in the year it came out. I feel like it came this out movie, This movie really reminded me of, as far as, like, dark comedies for Christmas. Uh, it came It came out a few years ago. Did any of you guys ever hear of a movie called Pottersville? No. It stars an actor, like a serious actor named Michael Shannon, who finds out his wife, it like takes, so basically he like is kind of like this town staple of like a little business guy. He runs like a little shop downtown and it's this cutesy little rural town and 
everyone like walks by and says like, oh, you know, how's it going? Are you ready for Christmas and everything? It just goes into like what's going on behind the scenes in his life. And everyone's life in the town is just like so wild, but like tied in with his, like his wife is part of, he finds out his wife's cheating on him by like wearing animal costumes and like hooking up with people in animal costumes in the woods. What, what's that called, Adam? Is that furries? Furries. Yeah. yeah. So he finds out his wife's a furry and then he finds out his wife's in a furry relationship with like the mayor. And then the mayor's like, you can't tell anyone, my, you can't tell anyone, Michael Shannon, it'll ruin Christmas. And the movie is just like, a, oh, my God, a, like stuff like that just keeps happening. And it's fucking amazing. But just like it's it's really dark, though. And I like I really like that about this movie is just like not being afraid to be like, this is a Christmas movie. But the entire movie's about like murder and betrayal and lies. Yep. <laughs> On the note of people like going to the woods and being creepy, can we talk about this like super fucking weird boyer scene where like <laughs> uh, Joe goes to like spy on the neighbors? What's I think her name's Tabby, um, and it's like literally the same day as his grandfather's funeral, and still goes over there to like stare at her through the window <laughs> and jerk off. Yeah, well, he just needed to you know <laughs> relieve some stress probably. Yeah. Also, she like knows about it, and he goes there at the same time, like every night or something. Yeah, it was this that whole community just spies on each other. Yeah, it was weird because they're they're sitting there talking, and he's like, "When I'm 18, I'm out of here." And he's like, "Excuse me, I go jerk off in this tree now." And I'm like, "Wait, <laughs> I'm an adult. I'm an adult. I'm almost 18. I'd like a. I'm out the door as soon as I'm legally allowed to. Now, if, ex- if you'll excuse me." I need to masturbate in the woods. <laughs> Excuse me while I go. It's fine. Yeah, just Sarah Pauly. Like this, when you told me you watched this when you're little, and all of a sudden, like she's just like she's knuckle deep on her bed. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm just like, that's I didn't. Sorry. I I didn't realize until watching it yesterday because. I watched it with my boyfriend and his 14-year-old daughter. So while I was watching it, I was like, why the fuck did I watch this? Why was it okay that I watched this when I was like 12 or 13? It, it reminded me when <laughs> but, like, my parents and I and my brother watched Ace Ventura when we were way too young. And he's getting like a blowjob mm. from the girl at the beginning of the movie. And then I watched it later in life. Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's sucking his dick. I watched this with my parents. <laughs> Oh my god. I remember being a kid as far as like awkward things like that. I remember being a kid and watching I think Pulp Fiction had just come out on to rent. Like I was young. My parents had heard like so much about the movie and they're like we're going to rent Pulp Fiction. And we had seen like my parents let us watch rated R movies like we totally we weren't like sociopaths like we could separate entertainment from reality. So my parents never really had a problem yeah. letting us watch movies like that. So within the first 5 minutes they're just driving down the street talking about like going down on girls and my parents were just like uh we're gonna turn this off and I didn't because I didn't even know what they were I was too young I didn't know what they were talking about so I was just like how do you not like it it's five minutes into the movie and my parents are just like no no like we've seen enough and I'm like what five minutes and like I it totally went over my head until I saw it Mm-hmm. way later and i'm like oh my god i was in a room with my parents like while this was going on well to to put some childhood things in perspective of why this movie maybe didn't matter um clerks 2 came out in 2006 um i was 14 when it came out and i watched it with my dad <sighs> and he was like fine with it 
So <laughs> I think siblings compared to that maybe. Is, I'm just thinking about you how know. did you go see to theaters to watch Clerks too? Um, no. So my dad did the thing where he like hacked a satellite so he could watch whatever he wanted. Oh, okay. Like one of those boxes. Um, I, I remember seeing that but... in theaters, which just tells me how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe. Oh, but the part that I remember specifically about Clerks 2 being like, why am I watching this with my dad? Is the part where he like tucks his penis between his legs and dances around <laughs> so he looks like a little girl. Yeah. <laughs> And my dad has the like, <laughs> my dad has the laugh where he like literally stomps his leg and slaps his knee while he's like bellowing out. And he was laughing so hard that he missed whatever happened after that and then rewound it and watched it again. And I was like, why am I here? <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Uh, um, yeah. I'll tell a quick story before we get back to the movie of um, going to the theaters yeah. with my mom. I don't think I've mentioned it on here. And it was like, I, it was just me and her for some reason. My dad wasn't there. My brother wasn't there. And I got to pick which movie we saw. And so, like, I don't even know what year this was. But her and I go, like, watch this movie. And it's Cruel Intentions. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'm not old enough to go see this movie by myself whatsoever. But somehow, like, I can go with her. And it's just me watching this being like, oh, uh, it's, it's so awkward. <laughs> yeah. And you can't leave because it's like the movie theater. You paid for it. Yeah. That's that's a there's a nice kiss in that movie. Oh my though. god, just true. All the spit. There's I I remember Cruel Intentions came. I never saw it when it came out, but I remember like kids at my like I remember I think I was in I had just started high school maybe when it came out. So I remember being young, not seeing it, then seeing it years later, and I was just like, people watch this with their parents. Like that's so awkward. <laughs> that's me. <laughs> that's Adam. I I actually I haven't even seen it yet, so maybe I'll have to watch it. I don't know. Does it hold up? It has. The, is it the verb is the one that does the the music to the end of it? Yeah, it it holds up. It's, it's just, no, it's the it's that bittersweet symphony song. It's a it's yeah. a neat it's a neat movie and it holds up. But it the entire premise of the movie is just like people using like sex to betray each other and like they're all supposed to be in this like private high school. So like you're watching twenty year olds like hook up with each other and like dare each other to have sex with each other. But in, in reality, like they're supposed to be like 16 or 17. And you're kind of like, oh, this is probably couldn't make this movie today. <laughs> yeah, it's just Riverdale. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, that's basically what Riverdale is, which what's the gimmick to Riverdale? Like if you do it so ridiculous, no one calls you out on it. I guess so. Yeah, because I've knows? seen or if the people are hot enough. Well, I've seen some of Riverdale and it's like so over the top like this is so stupid that like i i think no one says like you're really sexualizing a tv show about like teenagers because i i watched mm -hmm. the i watched the first episode of riverdale because i read a ton of archie comics when i was a kid my bro my younger my yeah. younger brother loved archie comics so we always had them in the house so i know all i know all the archie characters and like supporting characters and I had, yeah. and I had heard that the first episode or the first arc of Riverdale was Archie having sex with his teacher, Mrs. Grundy. Mm -hmm. And Mrs. Grundy is like in the in the Archie comics, she's like a comically ancient woman. So I'm like, <laughs> like, like insanely old, like decrepit old. Yeah. And It'd I'm be like, like, Flash Thompson hit it on Aunt May. Oh, no, no, oh, like, yeah. like, the joke is, like, she's, like, a hundred years old in the comic. <laughs> like, 
like the kids in the school like would have a dance and then she goes maybe even i'll go and then they'll be like oh did they have dancing when you were a kid mrs grundy (laughs) and she's just like how how old do you kids think i am and then as soon as i heard like no no they really sexed up mrs grundy (laughs) i (laughs) i think I think everyone was like, this is so ridiculous. We don't even have time to talk about the fact that like a a sexual storyline in this show is a teenager having sex with an adult. Like no one even thought to be like, this is inappropriate. They were all just like, what the fuck is going on? I'm just imagining the Crypt Keeper with like an OnlyFans or something. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's what she looked like. So we should jump to the point where we really meet the stepmom, where they're, I think they're in the kitchen. Oh my gosh, yes. I, I have this written down to talk about soon, too. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's a couple things I want to mention. The one is, this movie has like two sayings that I've never heard of in my entire life. And the one is, there's a goddamn $3 bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I... I didn't understand and I was like I don't know what she's trying to say but I think she just she's saying that in re- in reference to Pete wearing like a pink dress shirt to his grandfather's funeral <laughs> and I think she's just trying to say that like he's fucking weird no uh, um, the no no is he was as queer as a yeah. three dollar bill oh really yeah yeah and I've I've actually oh, I've... I've heard like people say that in real life like that guy's as queer as a three dollar bill which is like something your uncle would say like it's like no one says it anymore but i have heard people say which is pretty wild but yeah when i heard it in that i was like oh my god who says that early 2000s (laughs) yeah yeah is that shirt pink you are a pink shirt to your grandfather's funeral i thought you'd like it it goes with the suit you're a little queer aren't you i'm gonna check the buffet Where's the goddamn $3 bill? Well, the, what was the other one? Uh, when the Yeah, so the mom gets introduced and she tells Joe to cut his hair. And I, and I yeah. thought she was going to say, like, I don't even know what you say hair looks like. So I thought she was going to say, cut your hair, Joe. You look like a girl. Or cut your hair, you look like a hippie. But she goes, cut <laughs> yeah. your hair, Joe. You look like a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're going to get a haircut. Look like a goddamn Jew. I am a Jew. My mother was a Jew. Like, I don't need any lip from you. Not today, not with the people in the house. I'm sorry. I'll get a haircut tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where, where did that like, come what? from? And then he goes, but then Joe responds with, my mother was a Jew. It's like, what a weird thing to talk about. <laughs> so I, I honestly, when this scene first played, I didn't clue that was the mom that he was talking to. And then later on, when they were talking about having different mothers, I was like, wait, Mm. was that his mom? Or like, was that his stepmom? Like, that's when I started to get confused. And I'm like, okay, shit, I missed something here because something's going on. We're like, they're all related, but they're not all related. Yeah, they're all barely related. They're basically related by marriage. Yes. She tells Joe to cut his hair, but her actual son has, like, worse hair than Joe does. (laughs) Yeah, he's got, like, a mullet. And so does Danielle, really. (laughs) That's true. She does, too. And we got to talk about how freaking adorable Pete is in this movie. He's just, like, a sweet boy trying to figure out whatever the hell is going on. He's the single oiliest boy I've ever seen in my life. (laughs) (laughs) 
there's a part uh i think it's later that night um just to go on with his like pink shirt where he like is not really paying attention he almost never pays attention to what anyone is saying and just says something totally random like grandpa had a stroke that's when like blood blocks your brain and like the lawyer's like that's right (laughs) but there's a part later on after the funeral well he he's like looking at his shirt and he's like i really thought mom would like this shirt yeah he's like it went with the jacket (laughs) yeah and then creepy sniffles like Mm -hmm. helen's like joe he's like yeah joe back up yeah the oh that was so weird it's like you're gonna you're gonna be that much of a creep like literally in front of like seven people in the same room as you and half of them are children like you are fucking creepy yeah the dad like he, he even like as he's like whispering into her ear being like "Ooh, you just smell nice he has like her his just his i guess like the the back side of his some of his fingers like on her lap and i'm just like oh yeah it's pretty yeah I, I think he's being like creepy old man and just being like oh your skirt is way too short for this funeral while he's like basically trying to like get his fingers under the hem of her skirt yeah didn't, didn't the like, mom like cool. say something about like her her breasts were out for everybody too yeah she said um, she says like uh she's like pull your top up or not pull your top up she says to like fix your top this is a funeral because like her shirt was kind yeah. low cut kind of I think it was like like one of the buttons was undone at the top. Or oh, something okay, that makes sense. Like... Cover your tits, Margaret. It's a funeral reception in a goddamn cat house. My mistake. Now, when was it exactly, Margaret, that you became such a beautiful young woman? Excuse me. Every time I turn around, you're like right there. Sorry. Okay. Don't smell good too. It's like your mom's perfume. I'm thinking, oh, this is a funeral. Is this right? It's so short, don't you think, honey? Why don't you go upstairs and get some more appropriate? Give you a hand. Huh? Oh, they're the fucking worst people. And then even when they're in the kitchen still, the mom like pets his face. And I'm like, ew, is there something going on with those two now as well? But I don't <laughs> think there was. No. And then she like slaps him like weirdly. It's like, oh, okay. Oh. Mrs. Barnes is a weird lady. <laughs> I don't remember if it's the next day. But the the scene of the crime, at least the accidental crime, I think it is the next day because creepy dad is like, we got a lot of work to do tomorrow or something. Yeah, if I can jump um, in for one second, I just yeah. want to mention, um, as everyone's like leaving the, not, not awake, what is it when you go to people's homes after you have the funeral? It's like the reception. Like yeah. the party? The reception, yeah. Yeah, they have the, the party. after party, um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the two older women who come to play later in the movie just for a split second are sitting there talking about how cool, like how nice <laughs> Joe is. And then Sarah Polly's yeah. just like, what she say? Like, yeah, he comes really fast too. Oh, so um, they're talking about how how like nice Joe is and everything. And, and she just is like looking off into space while she's eating something. And it's just like very reliable. Yeah, uh, comes right on time, <laughs> right on the dot. The children I feel for. Young Joe. He was very close to his grandfather. Uh, such a fine boy. So pleasant. <sighs> very reliable. Very, very reliable. He comes right on the dot. Sorry about that. And it's like, oh, and then later that night he goes and like jerks off beside her bed. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, like clockwork. <laughs> 
It's so weird. Also, I want to point out that, like, in the entire movie, those two actually never, like, kiss at all. It's just, like... Yeah, and it's weird, too, because then he's like, do you want to stay for dinner? And at the end, she's like, do you want to stay for dinner? And she's like, I'm just going to stay the night. And you're like, you guys, like, have just started talking. Like... (laughs) Well, this is going. They had had a relationship for much longer. <laughs> True, I guess you're right. No. Well, and it was it was consensual because she knew what he was doing. He just didn't know it was consensual. Maybe that that ruins the buzz for him. Oh, you never probably. know. I just love it because scenes like like you can't put a scene like that in a movie anymore and then have that character be a sympathetic character. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. it's like when you watch. Uh, I can't remember the which one it was in, but. It, I don't think it's American Pie, but it's a movie like that where I believe there's a scene in it. it it's just like some late 90s, early 2000 phone air comedy. And they're like, oh, you got to hook up with her, man. Just get her drunk. And it's like, you can't put that in movies anymore. And yeah. I just I love the like peeping Tom, like jerking off in the bushes like you can't put. But then you still yeah, love but him. <laughs> no, no, he's a good guy. And it's like we just watched him basically sexually harass his neighbor and it's like no no but he's a good yep. guy and it's like all right i'll take your word yeah. for it you definitely can't put that no. in there anymore so the scene of the crime I, I think the thing that's funny is the dad or like mr barnes or whatever it, which is funny because i looked on imdb to see what their names are and they don't have names they're just credited as mom and dad <laughs> <laughs> so it's very difficult <laughs> Um, so dad or Mr. Barnes or whatever. Sniffer, um, yeah. <laughs> sniffer. So Sniffer comes back from his like trip where he like puts the dog down. Oh, sorry to get sidetracked here. But when he said that he like went and put the dog down or yeah, he said he put the dog down um, while I was watching it. Uh, my boyfriend's daughter was like, why would he do that? Like, why wouldn't he just let the dog go in the woods? Like, wouldn't that be easier? <laughs> and I was like, little do you know. <laughs> <laughs> that that, is, that ends up being what he did exactly um yeah so he comes back from like releasing potter or whatever and i think they were supposed to take that other car back out but mom or mrs barnes is like that car's dirty we're taking this one and that's why they end up taking the car that had the brake fluid no longer in it they would have been fine if she just was cool taking the dirty car these kids are almost like the Harry Potter kids where they can't do anything right. Where you're like, no, don't do this. Do this. Where they just keep on making <laughs> everything worse. Yeah. The whole time, like the three of us were like, why are you doing that? Like, why would you do that? That's just so dumb. And poor Joe is trying to like fix everything. And then very clearly becomes like a cigarette alcoholic, like crazy person. Cause he's trying to figure out how to fix it when the best thing to do was absolutely nothing. Yeah. Like the moment that they don't come back. All you had to do is, at that point, report the missing. Like, hey, our parents didn't come home. Instead of looking for them, and then when they find them, Sarah, not Sarah, Polly. Um, what's the sister's name again? Margaret. Margaret, Margaret like goes down there, check them, check out them to see if they're alive and they're they're dead. And she comes back up and just throws up on the crime scene. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right after uh, Joe was like trying to kick out the tire marks, and it's like you, you are so stupid. What was he gonna do? Rebuild the fence this? after kicking out the tire marks? <laughs> yeah. Nobody will ever know. Uh, rebuild the fence. You know, you, yeah, <laughs> just quietly in the night, rebuild the fence. Yeah. So the the parents, what they drive off the road. They don't even like they just drive off of it instead of I guess trying to turn with the road. That's the only thing that I was like. They can still drive, like, left and right. I don't know why they didn't turn. Yeah, they just can't break. Yeah, so in theory, they should have slid off on an angle, but that doesn't matter. 
All that matters is those it, fucking assholes are dead. They could have made it make sense by just putting a stop sign there. Because it was like, oh shit, they couldn't stop. Haha. Yeah. But yeah, doesn't matter. The assholes are dead. Danielle got what she wished for. One of the things that we didn't mention is before they died is the dad, like, is going to Margaret's bedroom. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, that scene makes me so uncomfortable because, like, the way that he just stands there and stares at Joe, like, like get like get out of the hallway so I can go, like, be a dirty old man yeah. is, like, <laughs> so fucking creepy. Joe, I hate it. It makes me so uncomfortable. Joe, don't you have a tree to be in right now? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you? Or the the part where he's like, "Why y'all dressed up? I'm up late most nights." The only thing that gave me peace like, of mind is that Margaret said that I think they alluded to nothing's ever happened because of Grandpa, which like thank yes. God because if this was a recurring thing, ugh. yeah. Did you notice that the next morning, uh, they have a shot of Margaret like laying in her bed and she has a tire iron yeah. in with her? What? Yeah, daughter keeps tire yeah, iron like, in bed. Is what I have written down. It's before they figure out that they're dead. Like it's literally the same night that he like tries to go to her bedroom. Um, she goes and hangs out with Tom McMuster, whatever his name is, Colonel Mustard. Yeah, the next morning there's a shot of her. It's like above her and she's laying on her side with a tire iron in her bed. It's like, oh. Fuck. <laughs> like, that's not cool, man. So shortly after when they check out that, to see that their bodies are there and they go home, they don't know what to do. Sarah Polly, I don't even know what she's doing. She's just like spying on them, I think. I don't know. I, it seems like she keeps tabs on everybody. I think it's, the way that I kind of watched it was once I realized that she knew Joe watches her and it kind of insinuates that like she's participating in the relationship that way. I think she likes she likes that Joe watches her without Joe knowing that she knows. So she watches Joe without him knowing. Like, they kind of have this weird voyeur relationship thing going on. And it, it seems like uh, it seems like she keeps tabs on most of the people in that. Like, it must be like a weird, rich road because it seems like a, a private, like, closed off area. Yeah. Um, but she says something later on, too, when she's visiting the teacher. Uh, like that she thought a lawyer would have a nicer call. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's it seems like she like keeps tabs on most of the people in that neighborhood. So I'm you're probably right. They're probably just weird voyeur yeah. people. Yeah, she's the one like she's outside of their house with a book. I can't remember what it was. A book of thermos and like Cheez Its or something, and she has like binoculars. So well, Sarah Polly um, is out there watching, and then that's when Dad like crawled his way back up to the house, I guess. Which <laughs> Yeah. Did see at first I thought Sarah Polly dragged his body out there to fuck with them. That was my first like thought, like, holy shit, she did that. Oh. But then she was shocked. She was shocked to see the body. She's just like, oh shit. Yeah. Also, on that note of like the dad showing up, <laughs> there's a part that makes me laugh so hard every time. And it's Margaret notices the body first and calls Joe out. And then Joe comes out. And then the two kids come out, and they're like, what's happening? And Joe's like, it's okay, kids, it's just Dad. <laughs> he dragged himself up that road in the freezing rain. You knew he wasn't dead. He's dead now. That's it? That's your answer? Well, what about Mom? Is she just close, too? If you wanted a fucking coroner, you should have fucking called one. It, it's, it's okay, kids, it's just Dad. <laughs> and that's when they have their first, like, dead is dead right joe like they, they bring him in they're like but dad's really dead this time like yes dad. dad's really dead this time 
they if they just left the body at this point and then called the police, like it might have been fine. It would have been fine. Yeah, they just oh my god, it just gets worse and worse. They ruin everything. They went and picked him up and dragged him in the house, <laughs> and then their major plan, or Joe's plan, um, is oh it's fine. I'll just put him back. Uh, this is where I think the lawyer shows up while the dad like they're trying to hide the body. Oh my god. Okay. Yes. So. Yeah, the dad is laying on the floor and their doorbell rings and they're all like, oh, fuck, like, great. So I'm not really sure where they put the dad other than maybe in the back of a car at this point. But I also love that, like, Danielle answers the door and he's like, oh, hey, it's you. And she's like, follow me, please. And then just <laughs> takes him into the kitchen and stares at him while she eats Cap'n Crunch, <laughs> which I would like to mention that there is so much product placement just in that kitchen shot. There were literally two open boxes of Captain Crunch in different places. Oh, they, they just need, they need like, a sponsor. It's a Canadian movie, so they just need a sponsorship. Yeah. This probably has every single Canadian tax film benefit possible. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. sure. Well, it had Captain Crunch, KFC, Mountain Dew, like Beatrice milk in like a carton, <laughs> palm olive, uh, Mountain Dew, Cheetos. Like, all kinds of stuff. But the, the thing that got me was the two open boxes of Cat Crunch. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> and then the four of them acting incredibly awkward when they all get together. And there's, like, this laugh that Danielle does that's, like, so forced and creepy that Margaret has to, like, put her hand over her mouth. <laughs> They'll come back when they're hungry. <laughs> Yeah, I think once once you hit the halfway point of this movie, it actually kind of like I don't want to say it picks up. Like it, it's everything starts falling into place where the lawyer goes like to have an affair with who, who is the woman again that he has an affair with? Like I, I don't remember what her name is, but she's um, Danielle's teacher, um, the third grade teacher that's in charge of the pageant or recital thing that happens later. So she knows the kids because she works at the school. On that note, in case I forget later. But I think it's insinuated that that third grade teacher had something to do with the accident of the lawyer's wife. Yeah, because they're in bed together. And then she says, how's your wife? And then he goes, great. And then he goes, well, not great. She's never going to walk again. And then she's like, yeah, I'm really sorry about that. (laughs) Yeah. And he says, it's okay. It was a rainy night. Yeah. And it's like, hold on a second. And that. That comes back later and almost confirms it because there's a part where the teacher is talking to Joe about talking to the police. And she's like, you know, I ran into a little bit of trouble a while ago. And, you know, just this is what you do when you talk to them. And I was like, oh, fuck, lady, what did you do? Like, <laughs> Everyone's life is so messed up. Yeah, every, everyone is insane in this. Like, there's not a single, yeah. like, normal person in this movie. No, there's no, like, like good neighbor in this movie. Like, the two youngest kids are, like, the goodest people. <laughs> Except, I can't even say that because Danielle the whole time was like, maybe we could get them to drink bleach, or maybe we could, like, murder them. Yeah, like... <laughs> like, Pete's the only good one. <laughs> they're all on board with, like, so mom and dad have to die. Yeah, well, because they're evil. <laughs> oh, the word. Like, there's no parent in any other movie that are as horrible as these two. No, they're absolutely just fucking terrible. Even Harry Potter's, um, like, aunt and uncle are fine. Yeah, at least they gave them a room. What do you tell What? <laughs> you mean, uh... The g- aunt Petunia and Uncle Dursley? The Dursleys. 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 Yeah. Sorry. The, uh, the, the actor who played... The, 
the actor who played like the uncle in Harry Potter, like had diabetes so bad he was blind later on in life. They needed to bring him back for whatever reason for that stupid movie. The Harry Potter movies, they would just wheel this guy onto set, prop him up and point him towards an actor and be like, just uh, just start yelling like you're grounded, Harry. (laughs) He has no idea what he's doing. They're just like, can you please come back? See, now I like to think that one movie, he accidentally fell out of the top window and fell into the bushes because he was so blind. Oh, my God. Do we want to talk about uh, going back and putting the the dad back in the car? Oh, yeah. They go like in what at nighttime to put the body back. And then they realize that the dad crawled out of what the back seat and they're like, well, we need to put him back in the driver's seat. And I'm sitting there thinking (laughs) there's probably a blood trail from the car to your house. And and even Margaret was like, why don't you just leave him on the ground? So like, just just leave him here. Yeah. He's like, no, no, no. I have to take mom out of the car so I can put him back. She's like, dude, you are overthinking all of this so hard. And the, the best moment is where he goes to like move the mom and then she wakes up and then the dog scares the shit out of him and he crowbars her in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second best part of that is some the next shot is them shoving both of their bodies in the back of the car like to take them back home what are you doing <laughs> like don't do this also the there's a line where uh margaret is like yelling at joe and is like well i'm not the one who bludgeoned mom and he's like ah. and she's like sorry i mean bludgeoned by mistake <laughs> yeah there's nothing like literally nothing they can do at this point oh my god everything's so fucking crazy it's all ruined what so older sister goes out on another date with um Wesker. <laughs> with Wesker. That's who it is. Uh goes on another date with Wesker and then Joe is this where he goes to the cemetery to bury his parents. And that's where his <laughs> he gets sister's really fucking drunk. <laughs> yeah, that's where his sister's been banging this guy the whole time is like within a hundred yards of her dead grandfather. Oh my yeah. god. Like it literally does not end. It's just fucking crazy. <laughs> So in this graveyard where Joe is now digging up his, I guess his grandfather's like resting spot, he dumps his parents' bodies in while his sister is getting the sexy time from Wesker. <laughs> but isn't, isn't that sexy time the like only time they don't sexy time and they're like just cuddling because she's sad? Oh, this is oh, true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, what's wrong? Something, you're being different. She's like, I'm just thinking of things. He's like, you're so rigid. It's like, well, there's some <laughs> shit going on here, pal. Yeah. Oh, also, I have to note, like, one of my favorite quotes from Danielle, which, um, but it's the part where she's, like, super sad, and then she asks Margaret for a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, that, I, I got a kick out of that. That was good. Can I have a cigarette, Margaret? No. I really think I need one. No, you don't. <laughs> So next we, I guess, I guess we go right to the recital, right? Oh my God. I, okay. This is okay. So yes, the recital, which I have to say is my favorite thing in this entire movie, at least one of them, because it starts out with like Danielle being like, my recital, it's today. And Cho's like, we're not going, we're not fucking going. (laughs) But then the teacher shows up and they like have to go. Yeah, and Sarah Polly's the helper. What was Sarah Polly doing at the recital again that she I, had to help? I'm not sure. She was just helping the teacher, like, either set it up or maybe 
something, but it didn't make any sense because then she was just in the audience. What was she help? Was she supposed to be helping backstage? I, I have no idea. And then we get one of the the funniest poems, which I'm going to insert right here. Christmas, a poem by Danielle Barnes. Winter, white, cold, frosty, full of death, death, death. Oh shit! We live in an open grave. Life is lost, love is lost, comfort is lost, death takes everything, destroys everything, leaves us alone. I am alone, I am alone, I am alone. Christmas. Thank you. It must it must have been like a work in progress where she was writing it and then her parents died. She's like, I have to keep on writing this because it gets <laughs> My really <recital>. dark. <laughs> I love it. Christmas. Winter. I'm alone. <laughs> uh, I love it. And her dancing, especially just leading up to that like super depressing poem. Oh, it's. I feel like they probably had all the kids learn their dance moves except for her and just be like, just go out there and be, be you. Just do your best. Just, it's okay, honey. Do your best. I love her so much. She's my favorite. And also, Pete wears like his mother's earrings to the recital. Yeah. Oh, he's such a sweetie pie. <laughs> I love him so much. As, as right before they go to the recital in the car, Sarah Polly's just like in the back of it, like sandwiched between the brother and sister. Mm-hmm. He just looks at them and he's like, You guys need to get a lawyer. And they're like, Oh, <laughs> fuck. Somebody it's like, knows. Oh, shit. She, yeah. How does she know? When they get home, that's where Wesker's like hanging out there eating his KFC with his Mountain Dew yes. that you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, Well, we haven't had these in fucking three days. So, and then she's like, uh, We murdered our parents. Yeah, Joe's just like, you told, you told someone. It's like, oh my God, dude, like settle such, down. Such a childish thing to say too. Like you told. Yeah, I feel like the end of this movie, which is we're basically at it where the lawyer comes with the lady who crippled his wife. Yep. And <laughs> they just tell him everything. He's like, oh, okay, just, yeah, put the bodies back. Just we'll get it back. figured out. The, the coroner's like blind and he's an, he's a drunk and he's an idiot. He's not going to know anything happened. I was going to say, and then the movie really ends. <laughs> yes. Which is so weird because this entire movie leads up to like nothing bad happening and just their parents dying and they inherit a fuck ton of money. The other part about it too is that like the lawyer and the teacher coming at the end and being like, oh, it's fine. Just put the bodies back corner. Won't know a thing. Everything's good. It's like, man, everyone here really is terrible. Like they're actually awful. <laughs> the lawyer, he says something like, Joe says something towards the end, like, so that's it. We just put the bodies back and like nothing happens. And then the lawyer says, your dad like screwed over everyone in this town over like real estate deals. He's like, I'm no one is going to question him dying. And yeah, no. cheated a bridge. <laughs> <laughs> so in the credits of the movie, it says produced with the participation of Telefilm, Telefilm Canada, the movie network. And then I can't see what the other is. Oh, Astral Media. Oh, and also Famous Players. I don't even know what those things are. You know what Famous Players used to be? Is that what Galaxy used yeah. to be? It was a cinema chain. They're talking about bringing that back right now as far as um, bringing back like tax incentives, not tax incentives. But if you're a company that plays like it's kind of like CanCon on the radio where you have to put on so much Canadian content 
So say you're famous players and you pretty much just play Hollywood movies. Mm -hmm. Um, The Canadian government was actually making them either pay like a, uh, not, yeah, pretty much a tax. Like they had to pay to help support the Canadian film industry. And the way they got around this was instead of them just giving money away, they're like, what if we actually just try to help finance Canadian films? So Mm. there's tons of movies that are like, if you actually look them up, it's like financed by, and it's basically Canadian companies that like the movie network, which was a Canadian cable movie channel. Mm -hmm. I don't even, does it even exist anymore? Uh, I would assume so. I'm sure it does in one way or another. Yeah. So like, because they just played American TV and American movies all the time, they were like, instead of giving the Canadian government $2 million, what if we just spent that and helped finance five movies this year? And the Canadian Mm -hmm. government's like, yeah, that's the same. The most cool. Most like infamous of this happening was have you guys ever heard of a movie called Short Bus? <laughs> no. Oh my god, no. So Short Bus, it's actually a very good movie. It's by I can't remember the guy's name. He directed a uh he did a movie called Hed- Hedgewig and the Angry Inch. Um <laughs> Short Short Bus is about uh a sex therapist who basically stops having sex with her own husband and she's supposed to counsel other people. And then she realizes that she can't really give out sex advice because she has too many sexual hangups herself. So she meets, I think a dominatrix who then tells her that there's like a sex club in the city called short bus where (laughs) people just go and like, let it all hang out. And I don't know how old you are, Nicole, but do you remember like any of the VJs from Much Music? Mm-hmm. Remember Sookie and Lee? Oh, yeah, yeah. She's in it in this movie. And the whole gimmick of the movie, because it's about sex and all that, is all the actors actually have like actual sex in the movie. Okay. So when the movie came out, and it's a, it's a movie about sex. When it came out, a lot of people were like, it's a porno. And then they found out that technically it was made with canadian government funds Mm, oh i see oh my god (laughs) people went nuts saying the canadian government just paid to have a porno made (laughs) (laughs) exactly so that's kind of there's movies like this there's tons of other and they're good movies there's tons of other like very canadian movies that that's how they get funding and that's kind of how they get a helping hand so that people and audiences can actually see them but the most famous of these movies is easily short bus, which if you're not like put off by nudity or sex or anything like that, it's actually a good movie and worth checking out. All right. I'll, I'll add it to my list. One thing, Cody, that I, I don't know where this happens in the movie. The digital special effects animation is done by core digital pictures. Where are there special effects in this? Maybe when they bludgeon oh. mom or like... But digital effects. I don't I don't recall anything, like no CG that I could see. It was probably just like touching uh, up some stuff or like blurring a sign out or like something true. weird like, I didn't like see, that. Like environmental I didn't see, stuff. Yeah, I didn't see any CG like semen shooting from the tree. <laughs> I guarantee that the sky at the end was probably CGI though. Oh, you're probably right. Oh, it's true. Silly like that. Yeah, because like those stars I, were too fucking big. <laughs> if, if I had to... 
if I had to put a guess on it, I would say, because there was some really weird lighting in that house. Oh, yeah, yeah. I would guess that maybe they paid for a company to come in and try to do, like, fix some of their day-for-night stuff. Uh, oh, maybe, yeah. Like, there's there's a, lot of there's green a scene lighting. in it when, yes, when Sniffers uh, <laughs> coming up, when Sniffers coming up the stairs drunk and his house coat keeps opening up uh, and everything just has a green floodlight on mm-hmm. it. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, I, I was thinking that too, that like, it's very strange that they insist on lighting their house with green lights at night. And I was like, I don't know if this is a Christmas thing, but it just seems like a very weird, like home decor decision to have green fucking lights in their hallways. Ex- yeah, exactly. Like I did not get that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe, yeah. It, I'm assuming it was like it could have been uh, adjustments to the lighting or um, getting rid of like a sign in the background or um, definitely this guy at the end. There's no way that that was anything real. Yeah. We are at the point where we get to rank these movies. Nicole, this is your first time on, just like our past guests. Yeah. So this is automatically your number one. 100%. Um, always. Forever. <laughs> four of, of your favorite movies. Like, is this in your top 10 of your absolute favorite movies of all time? Oh, definitely. Okay. I, I fully understand that it's not amazing. But, like, for me, because I have such a long history with it, it'll it'll always be in my, like, top 10, probably. That my number one favorite movie is Fifth Element, and no one can fight me on it. I've never oh. seen it. I hate you. <laughs> Fifth Element's amazing. Thank you. Well, I just had to say that for the record. But yes, uh, for the purposes of this podcast, Siblings is my number one ranked movie. For myself, I am going to put this in my top ten. <gasps> this is going to be my new number seven. <gasps> that comes oh. under Fair Game and just above Miracle Mile. Oh my god. Okay. I, I'm going to put this right above uh, Jaws 3. That means this is what your new that? number five. <gasps> yeah. Sorry, I lied. This is your new number six. I can't fucking read. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What, 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 what was it on the last one, Adam, where you're like, this movie was published by Underbrella? And I'm like, what the fuck are you trying to say? <laughs> Umbrella? Yeah, it was Umbrella. I, kept on, I said Underbrella twice. And Cody's like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, what? What did I say? He's like, you said Underbrella. And I'm like, ooh, I'm not drunk. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to put this as my new number five. I mean, it's no, your new number six, Cody, <laughs> new oh number God. six. I'm, I'm drinking what I'm drinking. What Adam's on. Um, <laughs> it's, it's definitely a Canadian movie. It's definitely like not, it's a neat concept. It's, it's a fun, dark comedy. I think uh, for me, the standouts were uh, Sarah Pauly's character and the, What's her name? Danielle. No, nah, not oh. Danielle. Not the the uh, the oldest daughter. The Sarah. What's the Sarah actress's name? Gaden? Sarah Gadden. Gaden? Yeah. Yeah, who plays Margaret? Yeah, I thought both of them were really good, and they kind of made it a bit more fun. The guy who plays Joe, it's not that he was bad, but he just kind of at times he seemed like a really young actor trying to play like a really old actor. Mm. So like watch watching him like chugging booze was just like kind of watching like. <laughs> A movie that like high school students made where they're like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to chug booze now. And it's like, "Okay, I get it. You're (laughs) you guys are playing adults. (laughs) I'm playing a troubled almost adult. I was telling Adam uh, this really reminded me of a probably around the same time period, another dark comedy called Drowning Mona. Okay, which is like about a family that's sick and tired of their mom. And then 
the mom dies and no one knows who's the family member who finally was like, I'm the one who killed mom. Mm. And it's like, it's really, it's dark and morbid, but it's done very similar to this. Like all the characters are pretty fun and likable. Danny DeVito's in that. He is in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then uh, uh, Nev Campbell's in it too. Who's the sister of Joe. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. And then the other one, just the actress, Margaret, the actress who played Margaret, Sarah Gadden, she's in a movie I saw a while ago called Enemy by a Canadian director named Denny Villeneuve, who's doing the new Dune movie. Oh, okay. If you want to see, it's a movie, Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, Oh. Uh, who just plays like a, nor- he plays an everyday guy who rents a movie and finds out that there's basically a person who looks identical to him out there. And it's just this like weird mind fuck of a movie. And it's if you like like just really weird mind fucky movies, it's an amazing movie. And okay, she's in cool. it. The only thing I knew about Sarah Gaden or Gaden was that she voiced Ruby Gloom, which is like a super <laughs> oh, yeah? weird, like gothy kids TV show. That's yeah. hilarious. And the kid who played Pete um voiced Harry and in Harry and his bucket full of dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm relieved that, uh, I, well, one, I'm surprised that it made either of your top 10 lists. I was, I'm just glad that you guys liked it. Cause the thing with like the dark humor movies is that either they're really fucking boring or they're really funny. <laughs> so we watched the worst movie. So it's, it's easy to get on the top 10 list. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if it's like even a half ass competently done movie or like the story's coherent <laughs> it's automatic it's automatically on the top Hell 10 yeah it can't nothing could be we as w- bad as bodily harm <laughs> uh which one's bodily harm that was the one baldwin movie where it was oh my oh my god nicole we watched a movie where the main actor whispered every one of his fucking lines <laughs> like yeah like i couldn't we watched it and i couldn't tell you two minutes after watching it what oh happened <laughs> uh okay so this we didn't mention this is our christmas episode so oh, merry, merry christmas, christmas. everybody <laughs> merry christmas yeah, uh, so on uh, yeah so on our next episode for the patreon podcast we're gonna have our end of the year 2020 recap where we have a little surprise in store about maybe rearranging a list an item or two and same with the standard podcast where we'll do the same thing with that list and then i guess the first real episode of january is we're finally going to get to watch cody's long lost king's television show <laughs> yes very cool <laughs> okay nicole where can people find you <laughs> okay you can find me on instagram and twitter um at arts and nicole and you can find me on youtube at uh it's nicole bruce art where i make dnd miniatures and other fantasy stuff or sometimes gardening <laughs> oh yeah i was gonna say really nice miniatures and really nice carrots yeah carrots yeah, right yeah the carrots were amazing i was so excited thanks <laughs> thank you everyone for listening and we'll catch you next time <laughs> thank you bye thanks you can <laughs> thanks for listening as always you can find us online through our social media accounts on twitter and instagram both at a kind of garbage you can also email us at a kind of garbage at gmail.com with any questions or comments you may have. Be sure to check us out at a kind of where you can find links to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages, as well as our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash a kind of garbage, where you can get access to our private Discord channel and Patreon exclusive podcasts. Thank you again for joining us and be sure to tune in next time.
Nicole, you're very excited about something. This is going to give away when we recorded this since it's the Christmas episode. But tell me what happens this Thursday. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry to to date this recording. But um, I honestly, like, not to jump on the super hype train, but uh, Cyberpunk comes out on Thursday. And I'm honestly so excited. And the thing I'm most excited about is to waste six hours of my life just making a character that I'll never get to look at unless I'm in a cutscene or look in a mirror. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to do it. <laughs> no one's going to stop me. It's, is there any third person option in the game or is it all first person? I, I honestly have no idea. Um, and that's okay because I think with most games that I play, like even in Dragon's Dogma, like I, I spent like two hours making a person. You never get to look at yourself. Like, who cares? But it's it's just so much fun. You get some cutscenes, but I skip cutscenes. Oh, so. you monster! <laughs> you must just hit random and just play with whatever you get. Oh, I sit there being like, I have no idea what's going on in this story. <laughs> I just know that I'm doing the right missions in the right order. But yeah, I'm I'm super excited. Um, my my boyfriend's super excited too, and he like made me a cyberpunk advent calendar like a couple days ago so like every day i get to open something cyberpunk related and we're both very hyped so uh goodbye to everyone for the rest of uh the year because i will probably not be uh available um (laughs) i'm excited to play it as well because it's gonna finally replace watchdogs legions for me that's a fine game but i'm I'm ready for something that is more of a higher caliber Yeah, you were you really got a kick out of that Watch Dogs game, I remember. Oh yeah, there's so many things in it that I absolutely love. I would be pissed if I paid ninety dollars for this. I'm happy I got it for free. <laughs> Weren't you talking about the like, um, drone flying through a sewer system or something that was like super fun? Oh yeah, there's there's these yeah, there's sweet little missions where you, you take a drone and you have to like get like pictures of like underground hacker laboratories, but you have to like go through sewer systems. Or there's one point where you get like a spider robot where you're climbing up the, I think it's a big banner, like the London Tower. And you're going up the inside to the very top where they have like propaganda computer um, displaying like digital billboards. And all that stuff's really fun. It's when you're walking around the city being like, what do I do now? Like that's that's the dry part of the game where you're just like, oh, fucking hold my hand. Show me what to do. What do you think about Warner Brothers? Uh, putting all of their 2021 movies directly on HBO Max Go or whatever it's called. Oh, I cannot wait to download all of those because it's not available in Canada. Yeah. So what do you think is nope. going to happen? Yeah, we, you can't so get it unless the, you like already subscribe to the HBO TV thing, right? In the U.S., you have to be a subscriber, but it's not going to be available in Canada, all uh, those movies. They'll be in theaters. Them. Download it for free. <laughs> yeah, I, I just did like a little bit of light reading on it today just seeing what's going on apparently they've given i think it was the producers for the king kong the new king kong movie that's coming out the godzilla versus king kong they gave them half an hour's notice before releasing a press statement saying that the the movie's going to be digital uh, released digitally along with theatrically and i guess they were like can you not do that and they're like you guys don't really have a say from my understanding, apparently Warner Brothers has just like picked fights with like all the people, like all the uh, producers and all the directors and everything that work for them. And now people are wondering like what this is going to do as far as like did Warner Brothers just shoot themselves in the foot or what? Yeah, I saw that. Um, was it Christopher Nolan says he's going to boycott WB now? Yeah, Christopher Nolan, who's like had a huge career with Warner Brothers, is now saying 
he's going to boycott any movie that's released digitally as as well as in theaters. But apparently Warner Brothers is pissed with him because he pushed to have Tenet released uh, theatrically. And then Warner Brothers lost like hundreds of millions of dollars by mm. no one going to see it. So Nicole, did you see twice, that in theaters? So suck my dick. Warner Brothers, you're welcome. <laughs> they they needed it because I, I think it twice in the first week of its release. So like they got like all it, that was, money. <laughs> I went and saw uh Adam made me go see was it shit. What was it called? Yeah. Adam? It's called New Mutants. <laughs> yeah. Adam Adam made me go see New Mutants with them. And the way that like the theater was set up to be like COVID safe was absolutely insane where the entire time we were watching the movie all i could think of was like how could a movie theater even be profitable right now it was you had to sit in alternating rows and you could only sit right beside Mm -hmm. the person you came with and you you had to did you have to wear your mask or i can't even remember adam once you sat down your seat you could take it off yeah yeah like it yeah like they were they weren't screwing around with it, which was like good to see. But at the same time, you're like, there's 10 people in this theater. Like, there's yeah. no way they're making money off of this. And the best part about that is they have everyone like nice and spaced out. But if you need to get to your seat, you definitely have yeah. to scooch by people still. <laughs> I do have to say um, that it probably sucked for the theater. And as long as you didn't have to leave in the middle of a movie, it was like fairly safe. It's probably one of my favorite experiences being in a theater, though, because no one can sit in front of you or behind you. No one can sit around you. Um, I brought, like, I snuck Harvey's in under my jacket and just fucking ate an entire meal while I watched the movie. Like, no one did anything because they don't have the food open. Oh, perfect. I I love it. It's true. I'm pretty sure the the 16 year old ushers yeah, wouldn't mind if you brought jacket, Harvey's in. But I was like, they are not even serving food, so like I'm just gonna sit here and like have the best theater experience of my life. <laughs> Meanwhile, one of the workers you... is like, "Fuck, I'm hungry. <laughs> yeah. Smell that. Smells like Harvey's." <laughs> are you are you saying? Are you? Say, I can just picture like a 16 year old being like, "Ma'am, I don't care if they made it your way." <laughs> You're not. It's not. A, it's not allowed in the theater. Like, try and stop me. I went and saw a, a, a good theatrical experience I had was I went and saw Hateful Eight in Toronto when they played it on like one of the, I think it was like a 70 millimeter projector. They went out of their way to be like, look, this isn't going to be a like a shit show movie. Like, don't bring your kids like this is for people who want to see the movie this way. And I think it was like twenty five dollars to see it that way. And I just thought we were in Toronto, so I thought it'd be fun to go and see it. And it was like nice to see a movie where everyone was like quiet and respectful and actually wanted to watch the movie and not act like Mm -hmm. animals in public. But some of my, I think two of the best movies I've ever seen in theaters was uh, I went and saw Lake Placid, (laughs) the crocodile movie when it came out. And I was only a teenager and the audience complete, like the audience all just looked at each other and went, well, we're going to yell at the screen. And everyone just yelled at the movie while it was going on. And it might be, <laughs> it was probably one of the funniest things I've ever witnessed. Another one was, uh, I went and saw the Edward oh Norton Hulk movie. I was, so there was an adult with like some sort of learning disability and he was so excited to see the movie so anytime there was like a reference to anything, you would just hear a grown man scream from the back of the theater like, 
oh, it's motherfucking <laughs> smash time. And it was, <laughs> and this is, this is like a PG movie. Like that movie I think was rated PG or PG 13. So there's kids everywhere. And I'll never forget. There's a scene where like Edward Norton turns into the Hulk and then wakes up. And then someone's like, when you woke up, you didn't have any clothes on. So I had to find some clothes for you. And he's like, oh, what did you find? And then they toss him a pair of like stretchy purple gym shorts being like a, a joke to the fact that like in the comic books, the, the Hulk wears mm-hmm. stretchy purple gym shorts. And as soon as Edward Norton picked them up, you just heard a grown man scream. Oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Motherfucking <laughs> purple pants. <laughs> Oh, it sounds like they had the best time of their life. Oh yeah, like just like I like I I hate it when people use their phone in the movies. I hate when people talk during the movies. Like any of that, like I get, but when someone starts doing that, like yeah. there's no way you're not having the time of your life. Like it, that is just the cherry on top of seeing a movie when someone is losing their mind anything. in the theater. Yeah. When you mentioned the guy, um, like people use their phones as a, almost like a distraction for you, like ruining the experience. This is going to yeah. sound mean, but there was, um, I was, I can't remember what, what movie it was. I was sitting there with, you might've been there, Cody. And there was a guy like in the, sitting in the wheelchair spot with his, with his um, chair. Yeah. He had the little screen in front of him that they brought for him that had the subtitles printed, but they were like just a little bit beforehand and they were very bright. So I'm sitting there, I'm like, don't look down, don't look down. And I'm sitting there reading the subtitles <laughs> off the screen and like, fucking know what's going to happen. <laughs> I just want to be like, can somebody move this gentleman? He's distracting me from my pleasurable experience with my ears. Uh, I went and saw a movie one time and the uh, same thing, like a, a guy who obviously had like some issues uh, sat beside me, which is fine. Uh, he was using like, I, what are those phones that like Jazz had where it's it's a cell phone, but it's the size of a tablet? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, like he's just, it's like the most impractical device I've ever seen in my life. And he was on it like playing, he was on it like playing video games while the pre-show or whatever you call it is playing. And which is fine. And then the movie started and the adult who was there who had taken out like the his guardian or, or whoever was like, Trevor, did you turn your phone off? And he goes, yeah. And they go, like, did you turn it off? But did you turn the volume down? Like, did you put it on silent? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then five minutes into the movie, it started ringing and he brought it directly up to his face and just touched the screen. And the the brightness was on maximum. And it was just like someone <laughs> someone turned a floodlight on. And like it lit up everything behind him. So like everyone's looking at this white screen. And it's like, it's like, it says like, Jerry is calling. And it's just him being like, I'm trying to hang up. And then he would hang up. And this oh Jerry God. guy would just call him right back being like, man, why is Trevor not? Why is Trevor not answering his phone? I want to know how the movie was. I want to know if it's a good movie. And this guy was just having a complete breakdown being like, <laughs> I can't stop Jerry from calling me. 